back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the rest of my holy trinity, the rest of the K-Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex breaking the loss. And Wex, how you living today, bud? Ah, oh, living pretty good. You know, Thursday, one more day till the weekend, a nice three-day weekend. Living good, living great, ready to talk some uh, wrestling with Jesse today on the meat and taters, and you know, ready to talk some news and all that good shit. Yes, sir, I am excited about it, and as always, the patron saint of the rock block, Mr. Jesse Baker, how we doing, bud? Man, loving it, ready to talk meat and taters, too. Meat and potatoes, it's a double nostalgia episode today, it's a flashback to 1997, it's the heart of the Monday Night Wars, and we have WWF's In Your House, A Cold Day in Hell, versus WCW Slamboree 1997, I'm hyped to hear it, I'm excited, Jesse and uh, Wex bringing you the meat and potatoes of the show today, Uh, but before we get to this week's show, last week's show was a hit by all accounts, you guys loved it. You guys love the list. Um, lots of conflicting accounts. Lots of people said that we were blasphemous by not putting certain um, theme songs on our lists. But you know what? I'm an old man, okay? I do what I want, all right? And um, and I liked my list, and I'm sticking to it, all right? Did you guys any, get, get any good feedback from last week's episode? Yeah, I, I heard that it was the most downloaded episode of all time, so – that's of the pretty, year so pretty, far, for sure. Yes, pretty, of, of the, the year. year? So of, yeah, of, yeah. No, I'm not talking of the year. Well, that, that's pretty high up there. And yeah. I enjoy doing the list. It seems people love the list. And I know a few people had a few uh, a few different opinions on some of the songs. But like mm-hmm. you said, I stuck to my list. And uh, that N64 stuff, we really had a, a lot of people that really enjoyed that shit, too. The call creation theme songs, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are some goodies, man. Those are some goodies, man. Metal 2 on... Um, <laughs> 2k16 is like that's a banger i've actually tried to rip it off in my uh my spare time but uh yeah jesse did you get any good <laughs> feedback from from uh the last week's show yeah a little bit you know i really what it comes down to i it was fun it was a good audible it completely and totally ruled and you know we're moving forward and getting a lot of really great feedback on everything we do so, yeah i'm excited man i'm excited um, but yeah, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, we're going to get to my favorite segment and it's Wexley spills the tea. What do we got, man? What do you got for me? I'm going to go a little brisk today. Love it. Love it. On the tea. But uh, first thing I'll get into is your old WWE news and the Stephanie McMahon story just uh, gets a little deeper. The plot thickens a little bit. Ooh. Okay. So apparently uh, right before she uh, took her little hiatus, like most of her team had been recently let go. And now her job position is posted online is open. Huh? Wow. So I'm not sure what's uh, going on. They recently had like a call, like a all hands on WWE meeting saying that she's going to be gone for like a while. Like there's no foreseeable timetable of when she's going to return. Wow. And that, uh, apparently she really needs time with her family after the recent events with, you know, her husband and everything that's been going on. So, yeah, I mean, it's got to put a lot of things in perspective for sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, especially with, with having kids and, and, and the whole triple H thing. I mean, it just kind of sucks also too. It's like when you have like your grandmother, which is Vince's mom, who was like 104 or something when she died. And like Vince, who's obviously like just this different type of immortal human being. I'm sure that like, this is probably the first time in Stephanie and Hunter's lives that they've like really come face to face with their own mortality. And that will definitely put 
a, like a shake on your outlook. Um, so, you know, hats off to her, like taking time off for her family at the same time too, though. It's like no triple H, no Stephanie McMahon. What happens if Vince just kicks the bucket? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, Where yeah, do we I go? I feel like Tony Khan is really just trying to, not Tony Khan, fuck Nick Khan, the other Khan, the fake Khan, the fake wrath of Khan. That's really what it should be. The wrath of Khan. But uh, that dude, I feel like, is really just trying to slide on in there and really just take everything over. And Shane's not in the picture either. Sheesh. Sounds like a – made him sound sleazy, like it was a date Oops, rape. Oops, uh, Andy Brett was just calling me there for a second, but I can't answer. We're mid-recording podcast. Andy Brett? Yes. Yeah. I love Andy. Good times. Yeah, hopefully Shane. I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. Shane's better than, than, than the fake con, in my opinion. I agree. Shane, dude, Shane's the OG. Here comes oh, yeah. the money. Yeah. Neither one of them are really capable of running it, though. No, I agree. You know, yeah. like that's, a, I don't know. That's a weird thing to me. Um, I don't, I'm kind of like just hand it over to anybody else, like Vince Russo, <laughs> Jim Cornette. Like it's a, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard, even. Fuck. Yeah. Well, Pritchard, I mean, it, Bruce like Bruce. I said last week, that pretty much Pritchard, Nick Khan, those people are going to be the people that they're taking the test on. Yeah. Well, Pritchard needs to like, you know, pull a coup on Nick Khan and get him out of there. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, more WWE news here. So the money in the bank pay-per-view that was scheduled to be at the, uh, you know, the Raider stadium, the big old, what's it called? Uh, yeah. I don't I know. I can't remember, but you know, the Raiders, their big old stadium there in Las yeah. Vegas. Uh, Money in the Bank is supposed to be there, but due to poor ticket sales, it's been moved to the MGM Grand. Oh wow! Which huh. is uh, ooh, that kind of I feel like that's uh, not thing. good news for WWE. That's definitely not good news for WWE. But right um, back to WrestleMania eight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, a hundred percent WrestleMania eight vibes right there. Yeah. It's supposed to be in a stadium, but it's in a tiny. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, and they also had poor ticket sales for that UK stadium show. I mean. I don't yeah. know if this is just, uh, you know, people are poor in the economy right now. It's just kind of fucked up. Or if it's just, uh, you know, people aren't interested. I don't know. Right. Um, I, it, it might be a little bit of both. Um, but I do think a lot of it is probably economic just because the WWE is pretty consistent. And I actually feel like we've talked about this a little bit in the past couple of weeks, but I think it's getting better. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's just not reflecting that right now. Or also, too, Vegas is tough, man. Vegas is a tough place for, I mean, for a large venue like that, at least. Um I don't know. I think Vegas was a poor choice for money in the bank to begin with, but that's that's my two cents. I mean, the product is slightly better. However, it's definitely they're upcharging a lot, and I yeah, like I understand it. You want to start at the top, move down. Yeah, but man, <laughs> yeah, it's not working out. Yeah, not at all. Definitely sort of a bad look there for WWE and uh, some more sort of WWE related news. Hall of Famer Ric Flair, as you know, is going to have his final match here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we've been hearing lots of rumors. They said, hey, he might wrestle Ricky Steamboat. He turned it down. I heard some rumors about Hulk Hogan even this week who, you know, obviously that'd be trash. We don't want to see that. But uh, recently Scott Steiner was interviewed and someone asked him about it. And they're like, oh, your old friend Ric Flair, would you have a match with him? And uh what? And he said he wasn't his friend or something like that? Oh, no. he I got the quote here. He literally said, he goes, Ric Flair, he ain't no friend of mine. I would kill. Hold on. Hold on. I'll do it in his voice. Ric Flair, he ain't no friend of mine. I would kill him in the ring. I'd destroy him. 
yeah, everybody wants to see him get beat up. But yeah, fuck oh, yes, yeah, Scotty Steiner. It's like, I got uh, the big man booey daddy. Fuck you, Ric Flair. He's fat. <laughs> He's got a fat ass. <laughs> but Scott Steiner would definitely kill Ric Flair. And, uh, uh, I think that's uh, a little insight there. I said everybody wants to see him get beat up, so maybe not as many people like Ric Flair as we may think. Oh, I mean, I don't think that that's. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think that's news to be honest with you. I, I know like, Mick Foley doesn't like him. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people don't like Ric Flair. That's okay. I mean, I can see why he's kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, we kind all know, there. but yeah. it's not news at all. I mean, like the we Dark Side of the Ring basically got canceled over that episode. Yeah, they're coming back though. They're they're fucking coming back. They're still the there. Yeah, they're doing a different product. They're not doing the same show. Oh, I thought they already have like a season, but uh, whatever. If they're not, that sucks because that Ric Flair, like, dude, when that came out, like, people were freaking out. I'm like, dude, I've known about this for. Yeah, it's like this is not news, guys. Like, yes, exactly. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I've known about that shit for behavior, so. but it's not news. <laughs> Definitely not news. Uh, speaking of news. So did you guys see ringside news completely lose their fucking mind and just shoot themselves in the foot? No. What happened? Many times. Well, just randomly, literally unprovoked. They just started posting these like transphobic tweets about Nyla Rose's AEW title run. How he's like, I'm tech. And he's was screenshotting te- his text to Tony Khan about this. And that was like fucking three years ago, like in the first year of AEW and started texting shit to Chris Jericho and screenshotting and saying a bunch of wild shit, just insane shit. And USA Today uh, officially canceled their affiliate agreement with them. And I think that's pretty much the end of ringside news, which has been a garbage oh, fucking company yeah. anyways. Yeah. Like they just like straight up, they report just like not garbage. Really, just like yeah. Garbage yeah. hearsay bullshit that it's not, there's no proof in, which is just absolutely insane. And it was just self-inflicted out of nowhere. Maybe the dude who runs, it was just drunk and they're or on, on a pill or something, feeling himself and just got online and started just talking shit. I don't know, but uh, rest in peace things. ringside news or rest in piss. We will not miss you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't want it. They can have it. He can keep it. Whatever. Uh, some more fucking insane shit. So, uh, indie wrestler, Dirty Ron McDonald, which I've never heard of, indie dude, is claiming that he he helped GCW produce hundreds of fake COVID tests during like the height of the pandemic to run shows in LA and shit. And that's pretty fucking damning shit right there. And he's himself admitting to multiple felonies. And right. If they're actually doing that, it's pretty fucked up. But so wait, his name is Dirty Ron McDonald, like D- Dirty, like Dirty Ronald McDonald. Yes, that's the dude's name. <laughs> Whoa! So, I mean, the, the source is already slightly uncredible, but GCW is oh, like dude. crazy does he wrestle? Shit. Does he wrestle in the yellow jumpsuit with the big red shoes though? Because that would be sick. That if he did, I don't know. It. I haven't really <laughs> looked him up. I just know he's the one who uh, basically was. Coming out with all this shit, he must be like an LA based, like West Coast wrestler, because uh, that's where they say GCW was doing all this shit. You know, people like yeah. Tony Deppin, Joey Janela, people have came right, out right, and said right, that right. this is bullshit. Like, no. But yeah. until, I mean, I don't want to believe this. I mean, that's bullshit. I hope they wouldn't do anything like this. But man, fuck. A lot of people will be in trouble and a lot of bad shit will happen if this is true. I feel I like agree. one of those companies, uh, like all those wrestlers work for other places. So I don't, yeah. you know, I like, Plus, like they've had cancellations due to COVID, like several, several times. So yeah. it's like, what? That doesn't that doesn't compute. It just doesn't. Yeah. And make why sense. would you admit to doing a felony? Like, yeah, yeah, it's just just or several. 
Sounds like Drastic. sour grapes, man. Snitching sounds like yourself. sour grapes. Maybe he's just got a gripe with bread or something. Who knows? People do stupid things when they are are feel like they've been slighted. Exactly. That is small oh, pecker, big word. Scott, I probably would be an asshole too. Yeah, dirty Ronald McDonald over there. <laughs> yeah, that's a really shitty name. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, coming in with some AEW news. You know, we had the big go home show for Double or Nothing. Uh, not the yes. big one because, I mean, it's like their their Raw go-home show because their SmackDown go-home show will be Friday, which is going to be live, Rampage, pretty cool. But we had some exciting stuff happen, big setups for the show. Uh, we did see United Empire, Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb show up on Dynamite and do a little run-in, which is pretty cool. I'm guessing yeah, that's that helping cool. set up the Forbidden Door that's really coming up in, what, like a few weeks? Yeah, a couple weeks, man, like three weeks. Yeah, which that should be a fantastic show, and like it was, just, it was a good – Nice, like, go-home show. Like, it was one of those shows that got me hyped. Like, dude, I'm totally ready for the pay-per-view this weekend. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm looking pumped for, the, for Looking it. forward to the finals for the Owen Hart tournament. That, uh, yeah. The, three, the three-way tag team match is that sleeper match that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a banger, too. The three-way of the small guys of the groups on Dynamite itself was fantastic. Yeah, it was very, it was a surprising, it's surprisingly good. Like yeah. those, especially with those, that kind of like style of wrestling, it can get really diluted, but I think they did a really good job putting on like a TV match with that kind of thing. It's nice. And I think that a Keith Lee's working just better in a tag team than him as a solo act. I think that's the, I agree just, with that. Totally. I think it just, it really works good in their whole, like di- that dynamic, the big guy, the little guy, like, I don't know. It just, it just works. It's, yeah. it's always a great tag team dynamic. Yep. I totally agree. Keith totally is smart, agree. man. It's thumbs up for me. <laughs> uh, only other really big AEW news. There's going to be a new TNT, TNT title design debuted this Friday on the live edition of Rampage. And I'm hoping they go in a different direction. It just doesn't look exactly the same, just with some custom colors. I want to see something a little bit new, a little bit fancy. Yeah. No, what I do agree. What going to happen? Uh... I mean, just because the TBS title looks the way the TBS title looks, I don't think they're going to change it too much. Um, but we'll see. Maybe the, or maybe the plan is to change them both. Maybe this whole Warner thing doesn't work out. I know that they have Warner execs going to see the show at Double or Nothing, and I know that's like a big deal for them. So, um, if, I mean, it's kind of a make-or-break show for them, I think, on the networks that they're on right now. Not that I think that they're like going to die without um, you know, TNT or TBS. I think they'll find another place regardless. But if they do, they're going to have to change the name of the TBS and the TNT titles. you know. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I don't know. Hypothetically, do you think that MJF pulls a Medusa and gets the TNT title, goes on WWE TV, and drops that motherfucker in the trash can? I don't think it's possible, man. He's got like three years left on his deal. So what? I mean, I, it I would guess, be a fun scenario if it happened. I guess, yeah, I, I guess if they uh, if they don't mind going to, you know, going to court over it, then maybe. But we'll see. Yeah, well. Yeah, we'll see. There's not really other many big things in the news besides, you know, Sasha Banks and Naomi are still suspended, still out, still not on WWE TV. And, uh. That's really pretty much the gist of this week. We're just ready for that pay-per-view coming up. Ready for the pay-per-view indeed. Uh, But with that being said, let's get to this week's episode. It's WWF In Your House, A Cold Day in Hell versus WCW Slamboree, both from 97. Let's get it. (laughs) 
And welcome back to the meat and potatoes of the show with your boy Wex breaking the Lawson with Jesse Baker here today. And we're going to go ahead and dive into the first show of our doubleheader of 1997 with WCW Slamboree 1997. Uh, what did you think of the open on this one? Man, it's one of my favorite matches ever. <laughs> like, you really can't get too wrong. WCW always had the undercard, and the main events were a little lame, but undercard was so clutch, and you can't argue with it. Yeah, so the first matchup is a William Regal, Stephen Regal still in WCW. They dropped his Lord Stephen Regal versus the Ultimo Dragon. And uh, do you want to just you want to start off with this one? The ultimate, the dragon. ultimate dragon. But in my heart, it's always the <laughs> Ultimo Dragon. They introduced him as the Ultimate Dragon, but Sonny Ono and the whole thing, like they pulled that story off in a very strange way, but it made sense, I think, to a lot of things. And Regal is on my Mount Rushmore. I've said it, and I can't take it back. It's (laughs) one of those things. I love Lord Stephen Regal. So how many beers you got on this one? Uh, mine was four. Four beers. Wow. Winner, winner, chicken dinner on the first match because I also went four beers on this one. And, dude, just like like you said, it was a fun fucking solid match. Regal and Dragon just had really great chemistry. And any Regal match in the WCW air just fucking rules. And anytime I see Sonny Ono out there, I love his heel antics. And the double turn, it, it worked. It was kind of weird, but it worked. And like I, I honestly didn't expect this because I had, haven't seen the show before. And I know Regal was a heel at this point, but by the end of this match, the crowd was rooting heavy for Regal. Oh yeah, they were. And it was just really it was fuck- they were- <laughs> Yeah, it was fantastic. Like you said, dude, Regal is the shit. He's not on my Mount Rushmore, but he's definitely probably in my top, barely out of the top ten, like top fifteen. Regal's up there. He's the shit. But I guess uh, moving along to uh, some shit, kind of, not really, but uh, we were kind of referencing MJF this way as Medusa, but Medusa versus Luna Vachon in kind of just a random fucking match. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. I think it was was pretty short. It was like five minutes, so they really didn't have enough time to get anything going. And knowing just kind of Luna's future after this, like – her next like recorded match that I could find came a year later on Raw as a draw against Sable. So I feel like Luna was a lot better off in WCW at this point. But I gave this match a beer and a half. It just didn't didn't have time to really do anything. I gave it one. I mean, it was Luna's like one shot at WCW. So it I love Luna, but at the same time, I don't know that that was the right move for that person to make at the time. And Not at all. It uh, apparently she had all these issues with Sable and had all these issues with the other divas in the WWE and yada yada yada. She was a women's wrestler for the sake of being a women's wrestler when women's wrestlers did not exist. So that made it probably pretty difficult. Yeah, she probably honestly would have fit better in like the modern day of women's wrestling compared to then. I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, Luna Vachon versus anyone they have on the roster at the moment. 
Yeah, be, be fucking sick. Incredible. Speaking of fucking sick, uh, the next match up, Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Yuji Yosoroka. I think is how you say it. Yep. But dude, I never really heard of this dude before, but damn, him and Ray put on a fucking banger and they mentioned how they like wrestled and tagged before in a war romance and wrestling. So it makes sense why they kind of knew each other. And this is a fucking low key banger. They really like I've never heard of this dude before and him and Ray fucking killed it. I went three point seven five beers. Like I thought this was a fucking banger of a match. I went four and a half. Damn. All, if, dude, see, I, I wasn't I wasn't crazy on this one. I it, I, I loved it. And like you can see Ray being Ray. For the first time in probably the history of him being there, other than Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and it's which that's Halloween Havoc is a fucking all-time classic. So yeah, yeah, this was this was right up there with that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, seeing him dive out of the ring and like engage this dude, like he wrestled that Japanese style, and nobody was used to that yet. And like an. Even just the little things, like his selling was still fucking just so good and fantastic in this match. Like that point where he had the mask, we could still see his nose. So I feel like it just gave a little bit more of like emotion there. Like it was a fucking sick match. But yeah, you went four and a half or four and a quarter. I went four and a half, four and a half and three, seven, five. Like, I mean, that those are pretty good fucking. And yeah, dude, that's my, I don't know if this is your match of the night for this car because it is for me. I would say, to be honest, I really love Regal and Dragon. Like, if I had to go match of the night for that WCW show, it would be Regal and Dragon. Okay, for me, probably Mysterio and uh, Yuji. So it's like the undercard already in like the first three matches of the show has already surpassed the main event. We haven't even got there. And this next match is, uh, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. It's Glacier versus Mortis, and it literally turns into immediate interference in a no contest. I love Canyon, but this fucking sucked. It was a dud. It it was a zero for me too. Like, so. it didn't need to be on the pay per view. It could have been a segment. It was one of those things. Like, why the fuck did you have a match? Even Bischoff will admit he was trying to find how to make video game people, and like they were trying to capitalize on that whole thing. And yeah, I, it's it was fucking simple. yeah. Trash Adam Bomb debuted as the Renegade. It was just <laughs> the big old fart. No, 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 no. Debut is Wrath. Wrath. Never mind. The Renegade was the fake fucking Ultimate Warrior. Never mind. Yes, but that's correct. Goddamn. But y- you know another WCW parody going on here. But the next matchup, uh, not a parody at all. A pretty fucking sick matchup actually. Dean Malenko defending the U.S. Championship against Jeff Jarrett. And dude, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's heel work in this match was just fucking fantastic. Just Jeff Jarrett's heel work. I mean, it, you can't fucking like. You can't hate a guy more. You know, yeah. and dude, <laughs> this, dude, like this is one of those matches that had a good combination of great fucking work rate, good storytelling, like the Deborah interferences here and there, like all the little things and Mongo taking her to the back, basically shoving Jared in the ring just to lose. Like, it's just it's fantastic stuff. I mean, it wasn't like Dean versus Eddie or Eddie or Dean versus Jericho, but it was still a fucking solid ass match. I went three and a half beers, definitely above average. Great Jeff, great young Jeff Jarrett heel work here. I was straight middle, three flat, but mostly because as much as I love heel Jeff Jarrett, I also really love Dean Malenko as a worker, bell to bell, but at the same time, you can't, like, 
it's hard to reconcile his lack of charisma. Yep, uh, he's like a Lance Storm, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's Great worker, no charisma. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of charisma, goddammit, the next matchup, Chris Benoit versus Mang, and just hearing that, it's exactly what you would expect. It was just fucking stiff as hell, lots of just br- brutal suplexes, stiff strikes, and Mang's mullet was the true difference here. It was the true difference maker. It was in full effect. I mean, Benoit had a mullet, but like Mang's mullet completely overtook him the fucking tongue and death grip it's it's great uh i kind of what i say about this match like jim ross says sometimes it was bowl and shoe ugly but very effective i went right down the middle three beers it was just fun seeing mang beat the hell out of chris benoit and i was watching this with my girlfriend i was like you see that lady over there that's that's the one he murdered and she was like oh <laughs> and i was like yeah kind of weird to see huh well, I went four and a half, but I watched it by myself, so I didn't point the murder out. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I feel you on that four and a half, though. I mean, I easily could have went there, but it got a little weird after that. It was such a good match, and I, it's for all of us who love wrestling, that tough stuff. The it takes a lot not to respect that. Yeah, like at one point, Benoit gave him like a fucking. Brutal chop. You could hear it echo, and Mang just fucking ate that shit and did not sell it at all and just kept beating the shit out of him. I was like, this motherfucker biting people's noses off. The legendary Mang, just the gnarliest motherfucker ever. Name is Tonga from Tonga. Yeah. <laughs> and that fucking Tonga and Death Grip. And, and, and shout out to his sons. They're, they're fucking awesome, too. But uh, all right, let, let's, uh, let's keep this moving along here. We only have, uh, let's see, about three more matches left on the card. And. This next match was uh, one that honestly surprised me. Seeing the the car, seeing the name, the Steiner Brothers versus part of the Dungeon of Doom, Conan and Hugh Morris. I wasn't expecting much, but this was actually pretty fun. It was a uh, pretty fast paced and athletic, and just lots of suplex and throws. Like that's all the fuck the Steiners were doing. Until this day, I still love the Hugh Morris moonsault, even though he's you know we know about him and his history. That Hugh Morris moonsault's always fucking classic and. I always hated Conan in the Dungeon of Doom, especially Cholo Conan. And this was kind of like refreshing to kind of see the breakup at the end of this match of him leaving the group because it just did not make sense. Like it might have made sense when he was still like colorful Conan, but not Cholo Conan. I like did not dislike <coughs> quote unquote Cholo Conan. Um, I did dislike Hugh Morris. You want to talk about gimmicks. That's the worst gimmick. <laughs> Hugh Morris, the fat guy doing a moonsault. Like, Stone Cold, remember Stone Cold talking shit? He's like, Hugh Morris, you think that's funny? Yeah. Classic. Exactly. Like, how dumb is that entire thing? Failure. And then he, and then he was like a GI boner or something, right? What was his other, <laughs> other name? Huge Erection or something fucking <laughs> stupid. Like, he's just a... Huge. Huge G Rection. No wonder he abused those NXT students. He was pissed <laughs> off. So stupid. But the I, I gave to me the match was a dud. Um, a dud ski. I mean, I went a beer and a half. So I mean, like I said, I thought it was going to be a dud, but it surprised me. But yeah, we're we're, we're pretty close. It was uh, it is what it is. But uh, the next match didn't really get much better. Uh. 
we got Steve Mongo McMichael. Uh, thoughts and good vibes and stuff go out to him with this cancer shit versus Reggie White. And they just fucking footballed each other. <laughs> they did a bunch of fucking shoulder tackles. It was ugly as hell. Mongo's still like green as fuck. So I don't know why the fuck green ass Mongo is in a solo match against Reggie White, which I give credit to Reggie White for never wrestling and wrestling against somebody with little no experience. He did a pretty good job. And well, I, I guess say I'll say he did better than Lawrence Taylor, but that's just my opinion. I still only gave it a beer, but uh, yeah. What do you think, Jesse? You're a sports ball guy. I don't really have reference for like any of the sports stuff. Man, I hated it. It was a dudski for me. <laughs> I like. I'm literally sitting there watching this dude in a Green Bay Packers jersey half-ass wrestle. Yeah, he was just. They were just tackling each other. Yeah, it was terrible. I gave it a zero. All right. Well, I, I was I was a little bit more forgiving because uh, look, like, Reggie White looked like he was having a little fun out there, but. And the next match, it did not really get much better. And we're talking about the main event, and it's Ric Flair, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and another NFL player, Kevin Green from the Carolina Panthers at the time, going up against the NWO of X-Pac, Six-Pac, Hall, and Nash. And like I mentioned uh, previously earlier, we were talking like the backstory on this match is even better than the actual match. Like the match itself, trash. Like another football player doesn't know how to wrestle. Like in there with old ass Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, we can barely walk at this point. And so Jesse, you know the backstory. Piper and uh, Flair wanted Hogan for this match with NWO. They wanted that that marquee name, but like management was like, no, we're gonna put six in there. He can fucking help better carry the match than Hogan because Hogan, we know at this point, did not give any effort, didn't give a fuck. Like you know, at one point Hogan could do a little something, but this '97 Hogan just did not give a fuck, wasn't it? So. They were all pissed off and shit. And dude, X Pac was he he definitely carried what he could of this match. And the crowd went fucking nuts for Kevin Green, but it is what it is. It sucked. It was a I, I a felt like they were, I felt like they were kind of quiet for Kevin Green, to be honest. I like to me it didn't translate, but man, I will say Sean Waltman carried the fucking match. Yes, he did. He's a He's a fucking wrestler. He's why X-Pac, whatever you want to call him, has always been one of my favorites. People are like, oh, really? He's like in your top ten? Yeah, fucking Sean Waltman's in my top ten. He's the shit. Yeah. I mean he's one of those people that everyone lines up against their litmus test every time to make sure that that's how people know whether someone's good or not. And like you can go back and watch those uh, – what is it? GFW? Him and Jerry Lynn, when they were on ESPN way back in the day, like Ooh. those matches are fantastic. Oh, back when Jerry Lynn had his like old gimmick, the pre ECW gimmick, yeah. Uh, Mr. JL, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's dude. Always been the shit, dude. Remember having WWF attitude? I always picked X Pac, and he he said, "Your ass is grass, and I'm gonna smoke it." I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but I definitely know what it means now, and I love you, X-Pac. Shout out to <laughs> Sean Waltman. All right, so uh, speaking of X-Pac and Sean Waltman, uh, I guess we'll kind of transition over to the WWF for our second 1997 show here on the Versus, on the Kayfabe Comparisons. And we're going to start off with one of his boys, one of his homies, 
that uh, actually, I guess, is the end of his, is coming off the end of his punishment for the uh, curtain call right here, I yeah. would say. The coming tail. off the tail end of that. Yeah. This is still Hunter Hearst Hemsley versus Flash Funk, a.k.a. Too Cold Scorpio, as most of you may know. And honestly, it's a lot better than I expected going in just because – of the time at 97, like Flash Funk, I haven't really seen many of his WWF matches as Flash Funk. And, dude, he was doing a lot of really innovative stuff here for 97, like more stuff you'd really see in WCW at the time. And Triple H was still kind of like finding his style coming into his own. And you get the young China and, dude, commentary absolutely wild on this pay-per-view. Like they are just <laughs> from the beginning just like going fucking ham and uh, for this match, I went right down the middle. I thought it was a solid three beer match. What about you, Jesse? I give it four. I really love uh, Flash Funk as yeah. I love Scorpio. Yes, so, that's that's what I'm saying. That's just one of those things. I got to smoke a blunt with Scorpio. No, that's fucking sick. Scenic City, yeah, a little while ago. Only person um, who'd be cooler is X Pac. So damn. Yeah, I mean. I'd like to smoke a blunt with Xbox too, but <laughs> you, you couldn't. For me, it was a four. I felt like the match was really intense, and you're looking at like Terror Rising and Two Cold Scorpio. You're looking at two WCW superstars who moved on, figured out how they were going to be better, and I don't know. To me, that ruled. Yeah, not many 450 splashes back in 1997, but yeah, really good. And uh, moving on to another match that uh, – another one that was a lot better than I fucking expected. We're go- talking about Mankind versus Rocky Maivia, and I really like this era of Mankind when he had a different theme song like opening than closing. And again, commentary wild as hell on this fucking match, like saying all types of crazy shit. And you could tell The Rock's work was really starting to get a lot better at this point. And actually, Jim Ross called him The Rock on commentary. I don't know if you caught yeah. that. It was very brief, but he called him The Rock. And we got a goddamn rock bottom on the ramp. And it wasn't even called a rock bottom, but he did it. And I was like, oh, shit. And uh, The Rock ended up losing. But, I mean, it was a fun ending for me. I just love the just seeing the early versions of both of these characters and seeing how they develop in the next few years, especially with each other and their interpersonal relationships and how they change and evolve. It's just crazy. I really enjoyed it. I gave it three and a quarter. It wasn't like, you know, they were, the rock was still kind of green at this point. So the work rate wasn't amazing, but I liked everything else about it. Just kind of like seeing there, seeing the, how that shit developed. I gave it three and a half. And oh, okay. The urinagi on the ramp was man. Like one of those things immediately when you see it, you're like, I can see where he's going. <laughs> and he full rock bottom that he laid down with it too. He didn't oh, like, you know, Samoa Joe it. Yeah. Well, that was we saw a quote unquote chess slam. Um, mm. Mick. How do you get better as Mick Foley? Like, I think that's prim- that might be prime Mick Foley at this point before his body gets too fucked up. He absolutely crushed it. And uh, it's hard to argue with is all I'm saying. So, yeah, I give it three and a half. Um, the only reason I didn't was because of the shenanigans outside, but that's like kind of tantamount to both of their work for the longest time. So it, it's a good thing. I just, I wish a little bit more of it was clean. It's the best yeah. way to say it. 
definitely agree. Just like some of the other stuff in this show, but we'll definitely get to that. But the next match, this is probably the sore spot, uh, the asshole, the armpit of the show. And this is the nation of domination Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega in like a gauntlet match versus Ahmed Johnson. And this shit was way too long. It could have just been Farouk versus Ahmed. And God damn it. It, he was so over with the crowd though, which I don't fucking get. Like they were going wild for his shit. You could have fucking sucked. I didn't like it. I gave it a beer and a half um, just for Farouk. Farouk is what earned the beers. I feel like you could have identified Tony Norris as a definite champion if he took the time to learn how to talk. And uh, like you, you can't. He has those Ultimate Warrior promos. They're <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're, they're just nonsense, rambling. It just he's just spitting, and it's terrible. The I feel like Savio was the savior. Oh yeah, dude, Sa- dude, Savio's he's he's the good hand. He's good. He's the guy that's gonna go in there and always put on a good fucking match, no matter what. To me, Savio bumps the same way The Rock does. There's overexerted fucking crazy animated bumps the entire Which, time. It's fun sometimes. I like that shit. Yeah. HBK SummerSlam. Exactly. That is the same deal. <laughs> like, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I gave it one. And mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. man, Ahmed, what a lost chance. I know. Like you said, we he was over like Rover, but you know, he just couldn't. He couldn't quite uh, reach that brass ring, as they say. He just couldn't quite do it. The next matchup, uh, fucking, I mean, it's an awesome match. Ken Shamrock versus Vader in Ken Shamrock's first ever WWF match. And it was really cool to see because they did a submission and KO only. And that's kind of crazy for 97. It's kind of like an ROH pure rules match, but without the rope break stipulation. And, dude, it was gnarly. Stiff shots. So we kind of got a little shoot going there for a minute. And, uh... Might have been match of the night. Like the pre-match promos fucking sucked, of course, because Vader is just never a good promo. But they beat the fuck out of each other, and it was a really fun match. And I gave it four and a quarter beers, and it was just fucking fun. I enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. I was a little drunk. Maybe that made me pop it up a little (laughs) bit, but it was a fun match. I went straight in the middle. Um, I also – clearly WWF did not test for steroids at this time. Nah. Like, <laughs> like nah. You, you can tell just looking at Shamrock. He, uh, it's they, they wanted him there. He was doing Pancreas before. He was doing UFC before. What a loss Vader was. Dude, but, Vader, WWF Vader just wasn't, it just didn't work out. He tried. It might have been Shawn Michaels' fault, but. uh, <laughs> They say that, but. I think it's their fault. I, like, I think it's the fault of the WWF. I don't think it's Shawn Michaels' fault. I don't think it's anybody else's fault. I think it really comes down to they didn't want to use the big guy the right way. Yeah, they yeah they definitely booked him like shit, and he was definitely not WCW or New Japan Vader anymore by the time he was in WWF. Definitely wasn't the same. But uh, fucking the main event. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship and Stone Cold Steve Austin's first ever WWF title shot. His first world title shot, period, I want to say. Yep. Period. So, 
dude, of course I fast forwarded through the Undertaker's long ass entrance, but <laughs> this there's a lot of layers to this match. You had the Heart Foundation at ringside, and the Undertaker and Stone Cold were both beating him up, which was fucking great. And just fun seeing Austin whoop some ass, like, and this is pre neck break, so they like even though it was pretty much a brawl, they had definitely had a little mat work going there, and you could see you could you could still see how good of a rest pure wrestler Stone Cold was at this point. And it was still er, just early, like it, he was Stone Cold, but it was still early Stone Cold. He had the early version of the song, and it was like the very primitive bare bones version of Stone Cold. But it was fucking great. I just that that Tombstone reversal sequence at the end was perfect. I even think the shenanigans, and the interference with the Heart Foundation worked perfect for this match because the the Brian Pillman, just so many different layers here. I went four and a half beers, better than Ken Shamrock and Vader, just because story just everything about this match is fucking great uh i don't really like the undertaker that much but i like this match a lot i went five full ass beers and oh we're, we're still close though only a half a beer off definitely close stone cold crushed it the what we have to look at if you look at like the stable from WCW and you look at Mark Calloway, you look at Steve Austin, you look at Brian Pillman, you look at all that stuff. It all lines up and it was smart business for WWF to pick up Steve Austin. It was smart business for WWF to pick up Mark Calloway, pick up Brian Pillman. It all made sense, but that match was incredible being Stone Cold's first match for the world title ever was very important. I feel like, like that was a statement and I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. And if you really think about it, everybody, pretty much all the main big matches in this show, except for the rock, were all former WCW guys who had been there just two to three years before, which is crazy to think that they, you like that. They just brought in a few core guys and helped bring the company really Stone Cold, Undertaker, Mankind, and The Rock were the Attitude Era guys that helped bring to that next level. But really, only one homegrown guy, and all these guys were just it's just crazy to think how recently they were all in WCW, except for Taker. It'd been like ten years or him, but everybody else, except for Ken Shamrock on the show, were all previous WCW guys. But and I guess that's why me and you both, I think we are unanimous in this decision based on our beer ratings that WWF Cold Day in Hell wins. I got to say, In Your House, Cold Dan Hill takes the cake for me. I, as much as I love a couple of matches on Slamboree 1997, I really love Regal and Dragon. I, like, And you can't argue with Rey Mysterio, but the rest of that show kind of sucked. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> did, and that's kind of the par for the course for 97 WCW, them really good undercards and them – not so great main events, big stars, but the work rate of the stories just fucking, you know how it goes, but it looks like uh, that's going to do it for arcade fave comparison for this week. And we are back. What a show, a deep dive into 1997. I got to say it had been a long time since I had seen a cold day in hell. I'm not even sure if I'd ever actually seen it before, but uh, it was a nice little show. It was like a really good episode of raw. Like it wasn't like super special, but it was a good show and it was short and sweet. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Where are you guys at, man? Like overall slamboree in your house. Uh, ooh, I definitely enjoyed Sl uh, In Your House. I hadn't seen that one before, but Slamboree was also good in its own way. But if you want to talk overall show, I'm probably probably going to go WWF on this one. Solid. 
I kind of have to too. I, like it's Stone Cold's first world title shot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, like that's kind of hard to argue with a little bit. And uh, Ken Shamrock's debut, and mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Lord knows don't want uh, more Ahmed Johnson matches. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that was uh, honestly, you know, only one of the only really big low points of the show was the Ahmed Johnson shit for, you know, obvious reasons. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Indeed, um, guys, we got a lot of really good stuff coming up. It was a nice little dose of nostalgia today. A double 1997 episode next week is a double current episode. We're going to be covering AEW's Double or Nothing 2022 versus GCW's Downward Spiral. Um, from the same weekend. So I'm excited. It's been a while since we've covered a GCW show. It's been a long time. It feels like since we've covered an AEW pay-per-view. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty hyped for that one. Um, how you guys feeling about the AEW outlook? Um, anything that we're particularly hyped for? For AEW, I mean, there's definitely some big matches on the card that I'm excited about. And, uh, are you guys ready to make your picks for that show for the AEW? Yeah, you know what? Nothing? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's make our picks for a uh, double or nothing. Why don't you run down the card there for me, Wexy? All right, uh, first match we got on the card is Jade Cargill defending the uh, TBS championship against Anna Jay. Who do you got? It's going to be Jade. I, like, they're going to Goldberg her. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going Jade, too. Yeah, Anna Jade's not the one. She's just not the one to take it off of her, so I, I think it's unanimous. Got to be Jade there. All right, next matchup on the card, House of Black versus Death Triangle. I think it's House of Black all day. Me too. House of Black. That's where we got to get him a concise win. I think it's going to be a hell of a match, but I think that 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 group needs a solid win as a group um, to kind of put them where they need to be. Um, also, I think they're getting a prime for um, the trios uh, titles. The, the, well, in the Blackpool, you know, you know, I think I think that that's the House of Black and them. That's going to be their the thing for sure. Has Buddy Matthews wrestled a match yet? I don't think so. Yeah. So. Oh, you know, he's wrestled some six mans on like Dynamite. That's it, though. Yeah, I don't think he's had a single. I mean, I think he's had like a dark, like a or maybe on elevation or something like that. I think he's had a, a singles match, but not not on TV. I don't think. Well, all right. So uh, moving along, next match: the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, and I'm gonna go with the Hardys on this one because I feel like this is not gonna be their this is not gonna be their only match. Uh, I'm going Hardys. I'm going Hardys on this one. I think it's gonna be. Uh, pay-per-view, you want to get the baby faces over on it. I think you want to reestablish the Hardy Boys as a tag team, especially Matt coming off of his terrible heel run with the family office shit that was just garbage. Um, it was so bad. It was so bad, and I think that the Young Bucks are better heel team. I think if they do win, it's going to be like a schmuck. It might even just – I don't even know. There might be a non-finish in this one, honestly. Um, but if I had to pick a clear winner, I'm going to say the Hardys. I think it might be a dusty finish. It might. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think a uh, dusty finish yeah. seems the most likely to me, but if there's going to be a winner, I'm, I'm going to say Hardy's. But they have to reestablish the young bucks at some point. Like, yeah, it, it, they EVPs and whatnot. Like we're going to have to figure that out. They said they wanted to prioritize tag team wrestling and they haven't done it. No, I agree. They did, but then they kind of slacked off. Yes. There was a time where AEW had awesome tag team wrestling, but now it's we're already past it, and that sucks. Yep. All right, so the next up on the card, we got the Jericho Appreciation. God damn it, I can't talk. The Jericho Appreciation Society versus okay. Blackpool Combat Club and basically LAX. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think it's got to be Blackpool. I think that you got to give it to them. I think yeah, you have to. That's where um, I'm going. Yeah, definitely Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. that's the only their, their first pay per view match. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. gonna be them. Has to be right. A big one that's obvious. We know who's gonna fucking win this one. Uh, MJF versus Wardlow, and I'm going Wardlow, the War Dog, baby, all day. No, I'm going MJF for sure. MJF? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Him, Jeff, yeah, sure. We finally got a little a little bit of a difference on here. What do you think, uh, Jesse? I could I could see Wardlow taking it. Um the Again, I feel like MJF is Medusa. So <laughs> like, Okay. I think, I think so. I think okay. at some point in time he's gonna end up winning the TNT title and then trash it. Hey. Wow. That would okay. be historic if he did, so Speaking of a uh, Medusa women's wrestler, the next match, a women's wrestling match. You like that transition there? Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. Um, so who's going to win the finals of the, um, yeah, this is the final of the Owen Hart tournament. I'm going to go Soho because I think she's going to beat Statlander because she yeah. kind of hasn't had that big win yet. Yeah. I think it's going to be Ruby Soho. I think that makes the most sense for sure. It would be smarter if they did Statlander. I I agree actually, but I, I so don't think that's we can all agree it's just not going to be Doctor Britt Baker. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Britt. She doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't. She, she doesn't need she it. Doesn't, doesn't mean they won't do it though. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of like their Charlotte Flair, basically. She gets all the wins, but uh, in the men's side of that, uh, her boyfriend Adam Cole is facing Samoa Joe, so they can't have them both win. So. That's why I'm picking Adam Cole in this one because I picked so thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's got to be Adam Cole. Um, Joe still got that Ring of Honor thing going on, um, and Cole just lost that world title match. He needs the boost, and it makes the most sense to give it to him. He can use it as a heel, and I could totally see him using it at like the way Owen used his slammy, like you know, like walking around with it and like just, Clutch. just yeah. I, I <laughs> think it great. would just be. I think it would be incredible, and I think that he would be great with it. Um, yeah, I, ho- I, I hope it's Adam Cole. All right. Uh, next up, the three-way tag team title match, the Jurassic Express versus Team Taz versus Swerve and Glory. And I'm going with my heart, Swerve and Glory. I really hope they win, even though it's probably going to be Jurassic Express. I'm locked in with Swerve and Glory. Uh, I mean, I think that with your tag team champions there, I think that Swerve and Glory would be a better option. But I think that... I mean, you got, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be the the Jurassic Express for sure. I don't think there's any doubt to me. I think it's an obvious they're going to win, but I digress. Isn't it time to lose the Jurassic Express though? Like I, if, 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 uh, wait, are the titles on the line? Yes. The titles, a three-way tag team title match. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. They're definitely not doing Yeah. I mean, I still, I, I would agree. I just don't think either of those teams are the right teams right now. I don't think Swerve and glory is the right team to win the tag titles right off the bat. I don't think that makes sense to me. Um, and also I don't feel like I just, I don't know. I don't feel like they're, I just, they're just not ready yet. You know what I mean? I mean, how long have they been teaming on, on TV? Like a month. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Swerving Glory versus the Young Bucks at the end of the day. I think that would be the – to me, that would be the biggest 
That's not, that smells and yeah. sounds like money to me. It does. Yeah, I mean, I like that idea. I don't see them doing it. Swerve and Glory would be great. I think I would I would pop for it, but I do see them. If I'm making a prediction, I'm saying Jurassic Express. All right. All right. So uh, two more two world title matches. The first one, Serena D versus Thunder Rosa for the women's world title. Thunder Rosa's retaining 100 no percent. Serena Deeb's too owed. No doubt. She's too owed and she's married to Marty Skrull. So no one really wants to see yeah, her win. Got it. That ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, I'm going Rosa. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Rosa, for sure. A thousand percent. Unanimous decision, I guess. Yep. All right. And the main event, the AEW World Championship, Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. I'm going Hangman. I'm going the AEW fucking guy. I'm not going CM Punk. I think they'll put it on Hangman. I think that's a mistake. But I think this is the least I've cared about an AEW World title match in a long, long time. And I think they're definitely putting it on Punk. I think that his run has not has been less than stellar. And I think that they're going to put the title on Punk. I, think I hope that, not. I don't, I don't I think Punk has a very. This is just the I think first he only signed like a two-year deal. I don't think Punk's going to be around as as long as everybody thinks he is. I think he I think he's only wrestling two at most three years and he's done. So I think and he's he will be AEW champion before he retires. So you think he's so, just going to get that last final title run and call yeah. it quits? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I think he'll probably get this title run and then maybe they'll put him in some tag team with a young boy, kind of like a uh, RK bro type situation um, and maybe have an like L- coach and, and then, and like then th- split that team up and he'll job out to that guy and be done. Um, I, but I do think he wins the title before he retires. I don't think he's got three, uh, three to five years. I think it's more like two to three years. And it's to me, now's the time. I mean, I like Adam page, but him taking that, t- I mean, I know it sucks. Cause I, I talk about family and Stephanie and all that, but it really, it really, really hurt him when he took that time off for, for his family. And yep. to me, he, he never got that momentum back at all. I Dude, still don't think every that single title defense he has has been a banger. You can't fuck. Oh yeah. No, that. no. He's a great wrestler, but he is so boring, man. He's a great wrestler and he's a really good looking dude. And his promos are kind of decent, but he's just, he is vanilla ice cream, man. He is just vanilla ice cream. There's no way around it. It's good. It's great on a hot day. And there's, you can't say anything necessarily wrong about it, but it's just not that extra shit. He just, he's not that extra shit. He's just not. I mean, I like him. I think he's a great wrestler. I, I like, I think he's, I think you're he doesn't have it. him a little bit. He doesn't bit. have it. He doesn't you're have not the him as much. Cre- you're not giving him the credit that he deserves, but I think uh, Adam Page is a great champion. I love to see him stay as champion, but I mean, you I can't like deny CM Punk. CM Punk's yeah. money. You can't deny it. It's fun. It's fun for sure. But all right. I mean, well, that uh, looks like that's pretty much going to be the end of our predictions. Do you got anything else on the docket, Jesse? A uh, little trivia question. Love it. So what is your favorite women's wrestler right now active ever. Oh, ever. Ooh, ever favorite women's wrestler ever. Uh, can you see it? <laughs> I mean, there are a lot. Oscar for me, she's probably my favorite. Uh, even probably just because the women's wrestlers we grew up with, you know, this, I didn't watch Japanese, a, a all Japan shit when they were doing crazy shit. The ones we grew up with were decent at best. And like Asuka and like the modern girl, like, dude, they've, you know, she's got to the point where she can wrestle men, do just as good as the guys. And she's wrestled Suzuki. She's had great matches in WWE. They blew her fucking streak with, I'm gonna go Asuka. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I know, I know that maybe it's just I'm showing my age here too, but I, I've said this several times, and I do think that if she wanted to have a run now, she could hang. And I'm saying Trish Stratus. I think she's the greatest of all time in the women's position. Um, I do think that she could easily hang with a Sasha Banks or a Britt Baker or whoever else you wanted to put her in the ring with today. Um, and I think that's saying a lot. I also think that at, at her height and like, what is it? Oh, four to oh six. I mm-hmm. think that if you put that Trish Stratus today, more, more than in, in that category for sure. Yeah, totally. All right. She's great. That's a good vote. I'm a lead guy. I also really love Bill Nakano and yeah. I like Oscar a lot too. So <laughs> like, Hey, it all comes back to that Japanese. Yeah. Wrestling influence. Yeah. It all comes back to the wrestling influence. And it's all going to come back to AEW versus GCW next week. I'm super excited about that. Two weeks from now, we'll have WC or WWE's Hell in a Cell 2022 going up against WWF's King of the Ring 1997. That one's going to be a fun one. I'm That's super excited one. about that one. Now, me and Jesse are going to be tearing that one up. I'm super pumped for that. Um, and we are, uh, that's, that's all we, all we got booked right now is, is, is two weeks out for the schedule. Um, keep in mind, we are going to be keeping this normal format up until SummerSlam. After SummerSlam, we will be pushing into season five, new graphics, new format, new intro songs, new transition riffs, everything coming at you. Um, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on most of your standards, standard socials at kfabe.com pod on TikTok and good old kfabe comparisons. On YouTube and Facebook, you can always find your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. Uh, Wex, give him the script, baby. Where can I find you? You can always find your boy, Wex, breaking the loss on that. Wex, breaking the loss on all of your social medias. Uh, we want some more engagement on that TikTok. You know that KFAB Compod, just like he said. Just be on the lookout for more stuff, and that format change is going to be game-changing for Season 5. Just be ready. Jesse, tell them where folks can find you, baby. Good old Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter. And then regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. Pretty easy. I love it. That's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Peace.